755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. It is on the air now. Hey, welcome back to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at The Athletic. I'm with my co-host, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's going on, Eric? What's up, Dave? How much, man? You're at the you're at the Seattle? You were at the All-Star game? Or, or at the Home Run Derby? Yeah, I went to the Derby last night. It's a good time. Took your kid, your oldest kid? Yeah, my eight-year-old. He's. I have two more, but you take all three of them, and you don't even get to enjoy it. <laughs> my my son's at the perfect age, though. When I was his age, when I was eight, um, I went to a game at the Kingdom, and Griffey had hit his. Um, he homered in eight straight games, and I got to see number eight, and I still remember it to this day. So when I saw the home run derby was going to be in Seattle, I was like, "We got to go," you know, because yeah. he'll actually he'll actually remember this. You know, if I t- you take a five-year-old or two-year-old, they don't even know what's happening. They don't remember it, and you're grinding the whole time and you know i wanted to enjoy it too so it's a good matchup me and him both had a blast and that place was packed wasn't it yeah Looked yeah like they were going, was filled they were going crazy for julio man i thought he was going to win it there the round the one round he had because 41. he had such a great thing going with his pitcher who was just flicking it in and not stepping and not striding at all that's not easy to do yeah i mean if it was i think everybody would have done it by now but yeah. i bet i bet some guys are going to be having Getting batting, getting uh, home run pitchers who can do that now because he's so much faster. So when much you go faster. time limit, you know. I don't yeah, know how. Do I don't know how I feel about the time limit thing, man. I think by the end, like by the last round, it's just so anticlimactic because everybody's so tired. They're so tired. I, you know, for me, it was like you ever try to like you're trying to get a task done and you just drink way too much coffee and you can't slow down. And finish this task oh, yeah, before you I stop. Know that. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. So it, it kind of felt like that. You know, it's like I want to appreciate how far somebody just hit a ball. And in your peripheral, you see another ball flying that way and another yeah. ball flying this way before this one even lands. Yeah. And, you know, like my, tr- the thing you learn in baseball is you look at the outfielders when you see like a high fly ball kind of because we were sitting right behind home plate and you're not sure if they got it or not. So you look to the outfielders and they'll tell you. You know, their route and everything right. will tell you whether it's gone or not. Or you could look at the hitter and they're standing there. But they got all these kids running around now. So these kids can't right. judge a fly ball for shit. <laughs> so they're like coming in. And I'm like, oh, he popped it up. Yeah. So I look at the next swing. Then I look back and I see the ball landing right. in the upper deck. But then he hit this one already. I'm looking over there. It was like, I, I really missed the old derby format where you take yep. your time and hit the ball as far as you can. Yeah. And, and, and then you just sit back and enjoy it. And everybody, ooh, ah, uh, and you watch yeah. where it lands. I mean, because they did outs then. Yeah, it's it all, for like, me. It's I want to see how far it goes. Right. If you don't, if they're already swinging the next one before the for the previous one lands, they can't even use the cameras and show where it lands. Yeah, it's defeated the purpose of bringing excitement to it. Yeah. You know, you hear the excitement and the crowd, but you can't see it. And it's, it doesn't come across on TV either. I mean, no, it's just I mean, too much. It is it's too it's, much. It's too much happening at once and. The stadium was pretty fired up for like the first two hitters and then kind of hit a lull and then Julio went and he hit 41 and every yeah. swing's a homer and his, the balls he was hitting, you could tell were gone right off the bat. So the momentum right. kind of, you know, the, the energy built up and they started chanting his name is pretty sick. It was a cool moment. But then it was like, after he hit, people were tired of like yes. mentally tired of trying to track it all. And there was a couple rounds in the second round where it was just kind of like, you look around the stadium, people are looking at their phones, going to get <laughs> yeah. food. Like people were getting tired trying to mentally keep up with everything happening. That came across on TV. By the yeah. final round, it's just anticlimactic. Yeah. I mean, especially when Julio didn't advance. The last round, yeah. it was like, yeah, let's just get it over with. 
Once you he know? was out, the, the energy in the stadium was cutting at least half. It just was so different than back when they used to do outs because it mattered if you popped up and all that. Now it doesn't matter. It's just it's oh, time. It's just rapid so it's fire. The faster you can do it. And if you got somebody that can like that guy throw without striding, Pena. Yeah. So but they yeah, still you could tell know. the guys were tired, you know, like the second, third round. I, I mean, absolutely can see why guys choose not to do it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I I think Acuna will do it next year after watching him, you know, run around and watch everything. And when Julio was hitting, man, the energy was just crazy. Like this is a moment I think he's going to want, but I think well, it's in maybe Texas or somewhere next year. I'm not sure. Well, he did it, you know, last year mm-hmm. or two years ago. When was it last year? He did it at Cleveland when he yeah, said the oppos. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, and he was the most spectacular round was when he was hitting them to all fields. Yeah. I would say the coolest thing I saw, though, that I didn't – it might have got overlooked. I don't think it did. But Rushman going switch? Yes. Yes. I mean, he was hitting – Oh, no, they talked about it a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah they talked we, about it a lot. That I was, was – cool. you know, you're watching in the stadium. You can't hear what's going on on TV. But then he switched to righty and hit seven out of eight for a home yep. runs. I was like yeah, – That was very impressive. That's a power move. Yeah. I think Acuna was so smart not to do it this year. And I think Olsen, same way. Olsen's got his swing down now. He's hitting bombs. And watching how tired those guys get, I just – I know nobody got hurt last night, but I could see where it's so easy to pull an oblique or something when you're swinging so many times, so hard. And at the end, there's a round where you have to hit it a certain length too, right? You have to hit like you 440. Go 440. For, if you hit two 440, you get an extra 30 seconds in your bonus round. That totally opens you up to straight to straining to an oblique or something yeah. to me. I mean, our shoulder yeah. or something. That's just not healthy, man. So I can see why a guy like having a season like Acuna, I would not, no way, I would have done it if I'm him. For what? I mean, what do you get out of it? You no, know, and you could you could pace yourself and have way more energy to hit bombs and have less you know less risk of anything. But if you think about it, I mean, it's like a hundred and twenty to hundred and fifty swings. Total. Yep. And it, the, first, the first round, you're taking 70, 80 swings, full effort, and you have adrenaline. Yeah. I would I would love to. I mean, I'm not going to say it wasn't fun. It was it was it was fun. But I'd love it to go back to a, a place where you could actually enjoy how far the ball went. Like yeah. somebody hit a ball 484. I have no clue what ball it was. Yeah. You Somebody's got to design it. They got to they got to go back to the drawing board and come up with somewhere between the two extremes. I know it's not geared towards somebody old like me. It's geared towards right. kids, but I don't even know that the kids can appreciate it. Like, like it, my it son just, just said, different. I was like, what'd you think? He's like, I just saw balls flying everywhere. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I mean, he just I loved the energy you, in the stadium. I think when you can watch the balls and, and appreciate it, and ooh and ah, rather than, Oh, here goes another, here goes another. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. That's enough about that. People are probably clicking off right now. Okay, I didn't come in and talk about the fucking uh, home run derby. But, um, but yeah, and Acuna won the one in Venezuela last winter, by the way, which is a real different than this. It's not a it's not a marathon like this, you know. It's yeah. more like a home run derby should be. So that's probably why he got his taste of it there. And they and they oh mobbed him in the middle of ran out in the middle of the outfield and then mobbed him and all that. I'm sure, Braves were going, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> well, I just you know I just see those moments and. He likes to put on a show, so I think he'd probably do yeah. it again, but it'd be cool if yeah. they changed the format. Right. Uh, but if I tell you what, if you're the only member of the uh, 4075 club, yeah, 
or 35, 75 club, whatever he's going to be, he's going to be the only member of it. That's going to have a whole lot more lasting legacy than winning the home run derby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't remember who won last year. No, he's got a chance to be, he's got a chance to be uh, the fifth member of the 40-40 club, but much, much, much more. The first member of the 40-60-40-70 club. So, yeah, and, and MVP. Do you want to win MVP or a home run derby? MVP. Not that you can't do both, but. Yeah, and he's, it's not like, you know, he's had any kind of nagging injury or something that's given him a yeah. break this year. These four yeah, days for wood. him. He's like, knock on wood. Why would yeah. I push it? Yeah, these four days for him are huge. And he's still going to play an all-star game, so it's not completely four days off. Yeah, so it's like, and hit, and Olsen, you know, they had some interest in Olsen doing it. He didn't want to do it either. Um, I, I just think it's right. I just think they, they did the smart thing. This team has got too much going on right now to risk it over something that means, in the big picture, nothing. Yeah. So, and they're all eight out there enjoying themselves so much, you know, together yep. being together and all that. So um, let's just go over a few things real quick. Uh, the Oh, the draft. First two days of the draft, won't spend a whole lot of time on it. I know nobody knows who these players are, uh, or not many of them, unless you know a local guy, that kind of thing. But the Braves did have some interesting – there were some interesting aspects to it so far. And one being they've had 11 picks because they got an extra pick after the compensatory pick for losing uh, Dansby to the Cubs in free agency. So they've had 11 picks in the first 10 rounds. Eight of them have been right-handed pitchers. Seven of those college right-handers. I think, uh, as we talked about off camera, it makes so much sense to get one. You can't have too much pitching. That nope. that that axiom is absolutely true, and we've seen that this year where the Braves have ended up giving so many starts to Dylan Dodd, Schuster, A.J. Smith-Shaver. So you want to have a lot more of that depth in your organization. And B, all but one of them being college kids shows you they have taken what they've learned from like Spencer Strider and Schuster and Dodd being here so fast, you know, within a couple of years of the draft yep. that it's not quite the crapshoot that it is with a high school pitcher, which who might have a higher ceiling, but also has a lot better chance of getting hurt or flaming out for one reason or the other in the three or four or five years it takes to develop. Yeah. And then you're letting the, these colleges are so good now. You know yeah. they've embraced they've embraced all the the technology, the rap yeah. soto, that type of stuff. You're almost just letting that be your minor leagues. Good point. And and the ones they took are almost all from big programs too. Yeah. So yeah. you know they say the SEC might be like a double A level on a typical night when there's a good pitcher going. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good point because you don't have the low minors anymore. You got rid of the short season leagues. You got rid of two of the six levels. So, yeah, you're taking, if you take guys now, it makes more sense than ever to take college guys now because, in effect, they've had those two menacing years of minor league ball. Yeah. I mean, if you see a high school guy you can't pass up and you have confidence in your, you know, ability to develop, you got to do it. But right. it's kind of like that. It's just more information. You know, it's, 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 it's more information on how they're going to handle a higher level. I mean, you could have high school kids pitching against, I don't know the, the the levels, but you can be at a low level in high school and be pitching against them. You look at the guy they're going up against, and he, there's an arc on his pitch. You know, he's throwing 78 in a high school game. Right. So you're facing hitters of that quality, too. You can look unbelievable, and you're 93, 94, and that goes to college. You're flying open and showing the ball. Those guys will tell you everything you need to know about whether this pitcher's got a shot or not. But it's hard to get a read in high school. Yeah. Somebody, uh, Hayden Harris said the, night was, the win of the night was Alonzo losing. 
<laughs> yeah, they were booing him because he was going up against Julio. It just ain't the mess here, is it? <laughs> They're messing it at every corner, at every turn. Uh, yeah, um, and, and to that point, you said about, yeah, if there's a high school kid that you can't pass up, that you got to take them. They did that with one high school kid, was a very special one. They took in the fourth round, Garrett Ballman from Haggerty High in Oviedo. They're familiar with that, Oviedo, Florida, outside Orlando. Um, 6'8", 245, and if you look up the video of this right-hander, he ain't fat. He's a huge kid. Those upper 90s, 98 tops out. Got a good breaking ball. He could be a, he could come a lot faster than your typical high school kid. Yeah, he's not a big lump. You know, I mean, you look at you look at the video of these guys. When I heard that that size, I, you told me about him. I looked him up. He looks like a 6-2 pitcher. Mm-hmm. You know, like his frame and everything and then you realize he's 6-8 and just put together. Yeah. Because normally when you get those six, eight guys, they're moving funny. They got a big head, big feet. You yeah. know, it's like it, it, you could just, it looks like a giant Great Dane puppy or something like that. Yeah. We, their movements aren't good. But watching this guy, he looked athletic. This guy's uh, 18 years old, man. Six, eight, 245 at 18 years old. That's insane. <sighs> um, but yeah, the rest of them were college kids. And the one that really it just impressed me at every po- at every uh, every aspect, watching his video and then interviewing him was the first guy, the, the first rounder from Florida, Hurston Waldrop. This kid has got some things going on, man. I, I, I he was he, he was a consensus top twenty prospect going in. So I think it was as high as fourteen. So, because when they took him, some people were like, oh, is this a signable guy for the Braves? Is that why they took him? No, they took him because this kid's good. Yeah. And because if you just look at the numbers, you know, the ERA, that kind of thing, the walks, it can be very misleading on these college kids, just like high school kids. But college kids, a lot of them played in big conferences. A lot of them played on artificial turf. A lot of them just had walks and hadn't really – but if you look at it, they had a lot fewer walks at some point, like late in their – you know, this season, that kind of thing. They've made strides in other words, but this guy do not, I don't know. I don't even care what his ERA is. Look at the video of him, like from the college world series, he's got a split, a split finger fastball that you don't see in him in, in the majors. It used to be the invoke pitch back when like Smoltz yeah. was throwing it. Nobody throws the split now, hardly any. There's maybe five guys at a majors that have a split, a good one. This guy's falls off the table. I mean, it, blow. it's almost like a 12-6 curveball, and it just, like, it's impressive as hell. A good split, I mean, I think it's the most dev- – any pitch that comes out like a fastball, you know, and it comes out just like a fastball, but it's just way less spin, so it falls. But I, I think a good split, like Jose Contreras, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. those type of splitters that you can just kill the ball but maintain all your arm speed, I think that's the most devastating pitch in the game. I mean, Smolsey, when he had his going, yeah. that was his thing, man. I mean, it was yeah. unhittable. It was unhittable. Yeah. So really impressed by this guy, man, watching the video. And then was even more impressed when we interviewed him. Mm. When he explained, asked him why he transferred from Southern Miss after two years of Southern Miss to Florida. He had a great answer. I mean, he obviously thought about it, but he had a great answer. It was like, that was yeah, what is it? The American Conference, what Conference USA or whatever. Southern I didn't Miss go to college. I don't keep up. Southern Miss is like Conference USA or something. He wanted to go 
pitch against the best competition. So he transferred mm-hmm. to the SEC school to Florida. He said, I love my time at Southern Miss, but I wanted to pitch against the best, push, push myself, challenge myself. And it obviously worked out. He went pitched for Team USA after his second year at Southern Miss, then to Florida, got the transfer portal, portal and was immediately eligible, which really helps these days. You couldn't have done that back in, you know, the way it was oh. before because you wouldn't want to sit out. That would kill a guy that's trying to get drafted to sit out a year. Yeah, so, so he went to Florida facing great competition. They get to the College World Series final against LSU. And he had that 12 strikeout game, but his numbers, the strikeouts are really impressive. But then you talk to the kid and he's really articulate, really intelligent. He talked about asked why, what, what was the, the question was, what, uh, uh, what was the difference in the split? Why did it get so good? And he said, after the second year at Southern Miss, he went home before entering the transfer when he knew he was going to transfer. He went home and worked on it with all the lab stuff, uh, all the uh, all the track men and all that stuff, and, and uh, I'm sure he went to a pitching lab. But he took all the numbers, all the analytics, and worked to kill the spin rate so it would act like a true split, in his words. And the, the gyro effect said, let gravity t- handle the, the instead of you know the spin, kill the spin, let the gy- let the gravity handle it, and and he did that, and he killed the spin rate and got it down to you know mid mid thousand. And the result is what it is, but he had all this down. I mean, he, 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 he reminded me a lot of Spencer Strider, him talking about shaping his pitches and spin rates and all that. And why is fastball so effective? Spencer Strider can tell you, he didn't just go, I don't know. I just throw it up there and people can't hit it because it's so, so hard. He's not like that at all. No, he's, he's very analytically inclined. And so is this kid really impressed me similarly. Well, I mean, that's probably the biggest, the biggest change in the game. You know, like for me, when I was playing, I could work stuff, work on stuff in the off season, but my tech or my feedback or whatever you want to call it was the first hitter I faced. Right. Then I find out if my slider's good, you know, and, and a lot of guys have this drive and I would have done it. You know, if I, if I would have had all that stuff available to me to know exactly what I needed my breaking ball to do to be the best, because you can't see it. You know, a lot of really good pitches when you throw them visually as a pitcher, you can't see it. You release it, you see where it winds up, but you can't see the whole path of it. You can't see how it comes out of your hand. Now they have all this information. So if you've got that drive and that will to really kind of get sick, you know, have like yeah. almost have a problem and an obsession with it that you can channel into a good thing, you could start working on that in January and come to camp ready or start your season ready. And there's a lot of kids with that that didn't have this these tools in the past, and now they do, and they make strides like this kid did. Yeah, yeah. Um, somebody asked, are his mechanics repeatable? That was the worry about him. Uh, not a worry, but there was some concern about uh, he's got a little bit of a violence in his in his mechanics. He's got a little bit of a finish, a little bit of, you know, it's not real smooth. I mean, it's a hard, there's an effort there. Uh, but he's really smoothed those out some. You look at it, you look at his mechanics. They look repeatable in that College World Series. All those pitches that he made looked the same. He's not like all over the place falling off the mound or anything. So, yeah, and he's a smart enough kid and an athlete too. You can look at him and tell he's athletic. That, yeah, uh, that's what that's what I'm seeing. I'm watching him right now, and it's the athleticism for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's light on his feet. His movements are clean. He's fast. You know, it, I mean, he just looks so loose and fluid. Yeah, it's not hard for these really good athletes to fine tune anything. Especially you get into pro ball, you get pro ball coaching, and you're a great athlete. I mean, it's like it's yeah. one of the things that blows people's minds. But you take most guys. I mean, you could take a guy like me or Kimberl or somebody throw us on a basketball court, we're not that impressive. 
Yeah. But these guys that are like super athletic, you hand them a piece of garbage, they just chuck it in the trash 40 feet away. You know, you, you get them to go play darts. They just dot up. Yeah. Everything they do just comes easy to them because they're so athletic. So when I see guys like that with just, you could tell just raw athleticism and a good mover, it, I don't think he'll have any trouble repeating his mechanics. Yeah, I mean, there's some pitchers you look at them and they got like knock knees. You know, they might be tall yeah. and they can throw, but that's all they can do. They can the throw only thing they're good really at hard. is rotating fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and and this kid does not look like that at all. He looks not like the opposite of that. No, that like was the first thing that popped out to me was just how athletic he looked. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. And we'll talk about a couple more of these guys. Uh, somebody asked, doesn't OB travel anymore? We got all eight All-Stars and he ain't out in Seattle. Uh, BK, if you look, none of us three beat writers are out in Seattle. None of us. Bo's not out there. He's at his vacation house in Inglewood, Florida that he bought. Justin's home because the AJC's got a second, their backup out in Seattle. The way that they do, they redid the draft and put it at the All-Star break, which it didn't used to be. Yeah, you either that. cover the draft or you cover the All-Star game. You cover the All-Star game or you cover your team's last series before the All-Star game. We had a team that was playing Tampa Bay, the best two teams in the major leagues. Do we cover the be- a series between the best two teams in the major leagues? Are totally meaningless exhibition game out in the other coast. Yeah. And the draft. Because you yeah. can't do one or the other. Or you can't do both. You can do one or the other. So there's your answer. Uh, and the other thing is the athletic doesn't send all its beat riders out to the all-star game because you don't get access. You got very limited time that you get to go in the clubhouse at all. It's not like a regular game where we can go talk to all our players and get information and all that. It's open to in mass. So you've got a hundred writers in the clubhouse are more than 300 people meeting members at media day talking to guys around a table it's not yeah. like a regular game man so yeah. i don't need to be out there to watch the ra guys play in the game it's you, gonna be on TV. TV. you know it's it reminded me just watching it yesterday of, of kind of the playoffs and the playoffs every time my team was in the playoffs there's so many freaking people everywhere yeah. you know in the clubhouse you can't even get through the clubhouse it's I don't know who, I mean, it almost seemed like just roulette, you know, like a crapshoot who was going to get to ask a question or who you were going to yeah. talk to or what was happening. But it's just kind of, there's so many people. I don't even know how you do your job. Yeah. It's a, that in the post, the postseason is a little better. You get a little more clubhouse time and you can get your guys on the field. Maybe the, the all-star game is just, everybody. It's it's, you see every it's dude getting walked in different directions to it's, different cameras. They don't want to do it. They're, they, right. you know, they don't want to do those interviews. And they're sitting at a table, and the guys, the, the real popular guys, got like 500 guys around their table, like Acuna. Yeah. Uh, and then it becomes like Super Bowl Media Day, which is just a joke. You got yeah. people from entertainment, or from, you know, uh, uh, TMZ asking, you know, stupid <laughs> questions or whatever. It's like, it's just not, 
So it's not money that uh, the athletic is going to spend to send beat writers out there. When we've got our best, our national guys, they're all there. They're all there. And that's all we need. So um, I wanted to get real, real fast too on a couple, just one or two more of these draft guys that are really interesting. Isaiah Drake, this kid from, this kid from uh, Atlanta, from North Atlanta high, really interesting because I mean, ob- the obvious comparison, and I'm not saying he's going to be the next Michael Harris, too, because there aren't many Michael Harris seconds. But local Atlanta kid, African-American kid, six foot 180, left-handed, power-speed combination, center fielder. There are some similarities. And really good kid who, from a really athletic family, his brother, as you guys might know, is an NFL running back. That's his brother. So, I mean, anytime you've got athleticism like that, it raises, a, you know, you, you, it, guys look for that, for athletics, for athletic players in baseball, because we lose a lot of the great athletes in baseball to, to football and basketball. Yeah. This kid uh, could have been a football player like his brother and just loved baseball, which you just don't hear that much anymore. You know, he said, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a football player watching my brother all the time on TV and all that. But then I realized this is a sport I'm best at. This is a sport for me. So North Atlanta had a couple of uh, high draft picks off that team this year, which is really good to see. I like to see that, man. Uh, these local kids getting drafted and get some black players in there from Atlanta, man, because there's a lot of great athletes here. And to get some into baseball, they had it last year, too. There were like three Atlanta kids last year. Yeah. So very good to see. Um, and not just, you know, all coming from the travel ball programs where they're playing in Cobb County from age 10 and all that. So. Yeah. which is great. That's great too, but it's yeah. cool to see some of these kids from some other kids get into. Um, so that, that, that's going to be a really interesting to watch that kid uh, from North Atlanta high. That's a good pickup by them. And it, uh, it's a shame that baseball isn't more popular, you know, because that raw athleticism that you can have that kids, you know, kids just go to other sports when you're, when you're just an incredible athlete, it takes longer to develop in baseball, but if you if you come out there and you're Acuna in a baseball field, yeah, you know, look if Acuna tried to play basketball or or, or football, he's fast, yeah. but you're getting crushed. You go play baseball, man, and with those tools, yeah, it's a joke. You see what he can do, and that's like this kid. He's like Michael Harris's side now. Michael Harris now looks like he could be a fullback, but when he broke yeah. in, when he, he came up skinnier, in the minors, yeah. he was like 165, 70 pounds. You know, when he's at Rome, he's like 175. Yeah. He's put together now. He's big, lower body, like a fullback. But this kid, uh, this Drake kid is six foot 180, you know? So he ain't like his brother, Kenyon Drake. He's the Dolphins running brother back. now, though. Uh, Baltimore running back now. He was with the Dolphins. He started out. His brother is now listed. Kenyon Drake is listed at 6'1", 210. So probably about the same size when they were in high school, I would think. I don't yeah, know. He'll be that size. Yeah. His brother's 29. So this kid grew up watching his brother. So that's even more impressive that, that he ended up, that baseball ended up getting this kid. Cause you know, he, he watched his brother and yeah. all the adulation he got and thought, you know. Well, genetics smart, are crazy, smart, you know. Smart decision, I, man. I think every kid should play multiple sports. Cause if you look at it, it's like their genes can't be that far apart. And they're both going to be pro athletes in different sports. But, you know, it's it, these kids specialize so early now. If, you know, maybe football clicks, maybe basketball clicks, maybe baseball or soccer, what, whatever sport. But all these kids are specializing. If you're a great athlete, you should play every sport possible and see which one you're the best at. 
totally agree. I think mentally it doesn't drain. You don't get tired of a sport. You don't get burned out. The athleticism that you can only develop doing other sports. Exactly. And then you end up making a play in baseball, but it's because you're a better athlete. And then obviously for pitchers, I think the worst thing for these pitchers is the ones that start throwing basically year round at, you know, in their early teens, if not before that, I just think that's crazy. Your rotator cuff's not meant for that. When you're still developing, your your shoulder and your elbow are not meant for that strain. No, and it's it's crazy too with the pitching thing. Like the, you know, your body's just it'll be ready to throw when it's ready to throw hard. But I'm, I'm meeting with a kid um, that I know locally today, to kind of talk him talk him through some things because he's 16 and he's throwing low 80s and he's panicking like he's not going to get drafted or get to play after high school. And I'm just like I said, we got to grab lunch because <laughs> I was throwing 82 and until my junior summer. It doesn't matter what kind of training you do. It doesn't matter, it, you know, how bad you want to throw hard. Your body's going to mature at a different rate. And these kids look around and they'll see the 16-year-old that's, you know, had biceps and a mustache since fifth grade that's throwing 94. And they think that's where they're supposed to be, but they're not developed yet. And you can do all the training, everything you want. And then one day your velocity just clicks. But all these kids are jacking their mechanics up, trying to overthrow, trying to chase velocity. And that's the worst thing you can do. Yeah, we're in agreement on that. I tell you, who's the biggest advocate of that? Or two of them are Smolsey, yep, says it all the time, and Snit, who played multiple sports himself. You know, everybody played multiple sports back in Snit's day. Back in my yeah. day, they did. Yep. But um, yeah, I just think the specialization. Sure, it works for plenty of kids. I mean, you talk to like Bryce Harper, and he was playing baseball, but but they're exceptions, man. I mean, they're gifted, and and, yeah. and they were meant to play hit baseballs. But most of these kids could benefit so much more by playing multiple sports and not getting, not wearing out certain joints and not getting tired of the sport. It's just, yeah. uh, yeah. I wanted to play basketball. I was like, that was what I have a paper from fifth grade, and the teacher asked what you wanted to be when you grow up. I'm like an NBA player, you know, and I'm, I played my ass off in basketball, tried my ass off, and I just wasn't, I didn't have the athleticism. I, baseball was kind of like my second favorite sport. And then I just, you know, sophomore year, I realized I was pretty good at it and was like, I might need to focus on this. But if I would have just said, you know, started going to basketball camps and basketball training lessons and playing on every AAU team I yeah. could, I would have just been an okay basketball player and done and not even known I could have been a pro baseball player. Um, the, the, the Tampa Bay series, uh, very impressive, by, very impressive for the Braves. Those first two games, I mean, that was just, they looked like the best team in baseball, which yeah. is what they are by all measures. Um, the last game was just the worst start that we've seen from Bryce Elder so far. I mean, in his career, in his brief careers, two years, it was the worst start of his career. Uh, I think a lot of factors probably contributed to that. I think he's probably a little tired. I think he's probably, you know, the all-star game's right here. I think this is probably overwhelming a little bit. It's a very good Tampa Bay team, patient, made him throw strikes. He was a little off. He was a little off, and they exploited that. But I wouldn't read too much into it. I think the All-Star break comes at a great time for him. and The timing was probably perfect, too. Him starting – him and Strider starting Saturday and Sunday. Get the whole time off. It eliminated – yeah, it eliminated Elder straight away. Sunday pitchers don't pitch in the All-Star game. But Strider was Saturday, so it was like it could have gone either way. And they made a great decision, I think. Him and team together decided it best for him not to pitch in the All-Star game. Was Strider an All-Star last year? No. No, he was up too late. 
Yeah, he didn't come up. He didn't yeah. go to the rotation until June. Um, It'd be cool to get in there. You never know when you're going to go back. But, but you know he's going to go back multiple yeah, times. Yeah, you got to do the best. And I think this first time going out there and knowing you're not pitching and being able to take it all in, it in. Yeah. that's got to be awesome. Not feeling yeah. the pressure, not worrying. I mean, like Bryce Elder, you know, as great as he's been this year and last year at the end of the year, who knows what's going to happen when he goes in and faces the best hitters in the world and with yeah. all that attention. Because he's not the type of guy that's going to, you know, he can't really afford to be a little bit off. He doesn't have a right. whole lot of margin for error. Well, that's what that Tampa game was. You know, that's that's what exactly. that's why people want to have point out their stats on batting average on balls in play and not getting right. because he's not a guy that's going to strike out twelve. And when he's a little tick off, he could become pretty hittable. But when right. he's locked in, he's as good as anybody. Right, right. And it wasn't off by much, but he was no. off. It wasn't the same as as he usually is. And but that doesn't mean that. Uh, I mean, some people were like. You know, see, this is what we were waiting for from Bryce Elder. Okay, well, if he has one bad start yeah. out of 10, that's perfectly yeah. fine, man. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he doesn't have much margin for error, okay, but you could have said that for he's had, you know, two-thirds of a season now in the major leagues exactly. and pitched at an extremely high level. He ain't doing that with smoke and mirrors. Yeah, if you had to wait two months for this bad game, you're waiting for the wrong things. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, because you could point to Max Fried's had a bad game like this. You Strider know? had two bad ones. Strider had two guys. He gave up where he gave up. Uh, he went nine innings and gave up like 13 runs. Yeah. So, yeah, it can happen to anybody. It does happen to everybody. So, it's baseball. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that at all. I think he'll be fine coming out. I think the break comes at a great time for both those guys. Uh, and it's going to be really, it's going to be really fun to come out of this break and watch this guy, these guys, because I mean, they're, you know, on the one hand, you, you know, I can see where people didn't want him to stop playing, and you think, yeah, this is the exactly. last thing you don't want to do is stop playing for four days. But on the other hand, that last game, losing that last game was kind of a reminder. It's like, okay, uh, they could probably take, you know, catch your break. And most of catch your breath. Most of the guys were like, you know, like Austin Riley was like, nah, and Olsen was the same way. I think it, every, we, we, everybody needs to catch your breath, take a few days off, and I think it would be good for us when we come back. And I don't think they're going to lose that swagger, that confidence they had winning an 11 straight series going into the break. I think they're going to come out and pick right back up where they left off. And it helps kind of, I think that they start out at home against the White Sox in a weekend series. It'll be sold out coming out of the all-star break, a team that they are clearly much better than, and they'll probably win two out of three or sweep. I think that they could easily sweep the White Sox. Then you'll have a day off and then you got a big series, but two big series back to back against the Diamondbacks here and at Milwaukee, and the Brewers are playing much better than they were. Brewers are back to being what everybody expected now. So that's going to be a big week. But I think they'll come out of the break and kind of ease into it with the White Sox. And uh, they should have probably their top three pitchers going against the White Sox because you have an off day after that. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, you do think about that when they're playing. You know, even as a player, when you're on a – when you're on a tear, you don't want to. You don't want the break to come. Like you wish you could place it another month away and just kind of call it like a timeout. But at the same time, these guys play a lot. You know, it's not. It's not yeah. like there's there's these. Uh, we gave them a, a rest day. Every single right. guy wants to be in the lineup every day, and this is one of the only ways to get them to take that yeah. two three days of complete just rest for your body. And then you get that day before the break and break everything back up, and you're ready to go. Yeah, it's a good point. It's not like most teams that rest their guys, you know, their infielders, you know, every five or six days. They play every day. Yeah. So this is could come at a great time for them, and they might come back, come out of the break 
hitting at even a higher level. Who knows, man? But, yeah, I don't think any of that. And, and the fact that there's eight of them out there probably is going to be nice, too, because they're bringing a whole vibe with them. The whole infield's yeah. out there along with the yeah. Cunha and the Getcher and, and two of the pitchers. So it's not like, you know, they went to all corners, everybody spread, and the, the core of the team is all together still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just – it's just another trip for them. Yeah, yeah. So – yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool coming out of the break and uh, and uh, and seeing what happens because they're on some record paces. They already have more home runs at the break than any team in history, so they're on pace to break the home run record, which they could easily do. There's nothing fluky about it. Uh, obviously, we talked about Acuna. Acuna's gonna win MVP if he just stays healthy. There's no doubt in my mind he's gonna win MVP if he stays healthy, but he's gonna push some historic standards. Hey, he's bigger um, than he looked on TV. He's just more. He's more solid than you think. When because I've only seen him on TV till yesterday, and we were sitting probably, I think yep. nine or ten rows up, and I you I could see it now. You know, like, half is put together, especially man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. He's not skinny at all. People think he's that he might be small away. He's not any, at all. He was when he first came up, but yeah. he's slowly gotten a little bigger and a little bigger. And I think during that time, that you know, all the rehab time, working on his whole body, he's like, and he's just getting older and developing yeah. more, but. Can't really tell because he doesn't wear his pants tight like a lot of guys. Yeah. You've got some big legs. Yeah, I could see it. Explosive hips and his big legs. Yep. Yep. It's crazy. You see these guys in, in person after, you know, I've been out of the game for however long, just seeing normal people and just the builds, you know, they're just different. They're just bigger, like broader, you know, yeah. longer arms, bigger forearms. You know, there's so many little things that stand out there. You're like, all right, that, that's a pro athlete right there. And man, right now in the game, there's so many guys that like, I was looking at the picture, the all-star picture and I was looking at the Braves all-stars. There's so many guys that are like six, four, six, five, like Freddie and, and Hayward used to really stand out. And Jay still does, but Freddie, there's a lot of guys that are, you know, six, four, six, five, instead of six, one, six, two. Yeah. I like Olsen and Olsen standing by Freddie in the team picture, same height. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. it's uh yeah. And, and like, Garcia is built like a damn bodybuilder. I mean, oh my God, that guy's put together, dude. Yeah. I, I tell you, the guy's most impressive when you see him up close. It does not look as big because his uniform, the way he wears it and all that. Sean Murphy, man. Yeah, that dude boy. is a tank. He looks like you could not run him over at the plate. His legs, yeah. calves, he's a big boy. And he's got the shoulders. I told you, like James Kahn. Just yeah. as he might like he left the coat rack in there. Jay Buhner looked like a like a decently built athlete, and then you see him in person, and his yeah. shoulders are like six feet wide. His forearms are huge. His hands and feet are giant. You know, like he's one of those guys that it's it's deceiving yeah, on TV. Big. But Murphy looks like that too. Where you get up close to him, you're like, all right. Yeah, those guys that are proportioned. Problem. It's deceiving on TV. It doesn't look. Chipper Jones, perfect yep. example. He was so well proportioned that on TV it looked like that oh, was he six two, and you see him in person, he's like six four, six five. Yeah, yeah. You're built like a six one, six two athlete, but you're just a bigger version of it at six four, six five. Austin Riley, he looks like he might be what six one and a big dude. Yep. No, he's like six three and a big dude. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's a country yeah. strong dude. Yeah, he's put together. Anyway, all right. Uh, oh, it's my. Uh, it's since it's All Star game, I got my. My Dave Parker shirt on because my, the boys my favorite, if you hear any noise, it's just me and the boys bopping, which is from a Parliament song. A lot of people don't realize he took that from a Parliament song. But uh, that's my favorite memory from the All-Star game as kids, Dave Parker throwing him out, throwing two guys out in one game at third base and at home plate. That 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 arm was 
that and Bo Jackson, to me, are the greatest arms I ever saw. Clemente had a good one. Oh, yeah, I didn't see him live. But, yeah, Clemente, same thing. Parker's a lot like Clemente throwing from that right field corner. Mm-hmm. But, okay. Ankle's the best I ever saw. Oh, well, yeah, you took a picture. But about yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. Enjoy the All-Star game. It should be fun watching these Braves because you got three in the starting lineup. Not going to be waiting around to see when they get in the game. 755 is real. All right. You going to the game or just the just the home run derby? I'm not sitting through the game. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to take my son to sit through nine innings now. But the derby's full action, so I figured he'd like it. So you guys going to go get some salmon and go home? Yeah, pretty much. Some pokey bowls. Yeah. All right. 755 is real. We are out. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm.